it's this song that just stayed with me. It's this beautiful song um, by this ministry called Upper Room, and it's called Surrounded. This is how I fight my battle. And so it was, I was listening to it, beautiful song, and I was just listening to even how, they, how the song came about and all that. And, and so I said, okay, God, what do you want me to say? He said, well, basically what I've been telling you. So I said, okay, all right. So Pastor King has been teaching on spiritual warfare, and one of the things I realized a long time ago is that we have an enemy, and I realized that that warfare has it started from the beginning in Genesis, and it has gone is going all the way to Revelations. Um, in Genesis, it says. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and he will, and, he, and you will strike his heel. And I realized that in that garden, you know, Eve didn't know she was in a fight. The, Satan used the serpent to talk to her because he hated her. And she was deceived because she just was having a conversation. And it's an interesting thing, too, because she was having a conversation with an animal. So I guess they were talking like that back then. But anyway, um, so she was deceived, but there was no, like I said, no hostility. But because it was an uneven fight, God put hostility in her against him as well as him against us. And I realized that if we don't have a hostility towards the enemy, we might need to wonder who we're following. Because if we don't hate the things that the enemy hates, if we don't hate the things that God hates, I'm sorry, then we might be following the wrong person. And then all the way to the end, in Revelation 12, 17, it says, And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, it says that we're in warfare. And there's a fight that's going on. Amen. And the reason that there is a fight going on, I realized that once upon a time, Lucifer then was on the same side as God. But then iniquity was found in him, pride he was in him, and he was cast out, of the, cast out of heaven. And we took his place. He was the one that took the worship from the earth and gave it back to God. Now, we're the ones that take the worship. Now, we worship and give it back to God. Amen. And for an analogy, I know now um, concert tickets are very, very expensive. And can you imagine if you did all this preparation to go to this expensive concert, you get to the concert and you realize that someone has taken your seat. And not only have they taken your seat, but they won't get out of your seat. And so that's kind of how Satan feels. He's like, I've been kicked out of heaven. I've been replaced. And he, He's been replaced by us, and so he hates us. And so as Pastor King has said, it's a bad thing to be in a fight and not realize that you're really in a fight. He hates us, so we have to hate him. And that lets us know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers and the rules of the darkness and the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Amen. 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 Okay. So as I was just studying, I said, okay, I started researching in my Bible, and I realized that the first time that worship comes up 
is in Genesis 22, 2 through 5. It says this, and he said, Take now my son, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Abraham had waited a hundred years for this child. And then God tells Abraham to take this child to a place where I'm going to show you and not only sacrifice him, but burn him. Burn the child up, okay? And it doesn't say that Abraham got depressed about it. It doesn't say that he waited to 12 o'clock the next morning because he was dreading what God told him to do. It says, and Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of the young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I will, and I am that lad. Why is this in King James Version? And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham <laughs> complete obedience. Complete obedience. He did exactly what God told him to do, but the very interesting thing is, even, God, even though God told him to take his son and sacrifice him and burn him up, Abraham said, the lad now going to come back to you again. And I realized in order for Abraham to make a statement like that, there was a relationship and a faith in him that he knew God was going to do something. He didn't know what, but he knew he was going to return with his son. Amen. And so as I was just reading that, and so the, next, the very next scripture that came to my mind was Romans 12 and 1, 12, 1 and 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. In Genesis 22:2, God says, sacrifice the son. Abraham said, we're going to worship. And then we got, we got two words here. We got sacrifice and we got worship. And how can they be the same? And so I said, wow. I said, so God, what are you really, really saying? Because a lot of times when we think of, sac when we think of worship, we think of music, lifting up our hands in reverence to God, or either kneeling before God in reverence to him. And in this instance, there is no music. There is no in instruments in what Abraham had to do, nor in this scripture. So what is my worship? This is the only way to truly worship him. And then he tells you how to do it. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I am so glad that I have been in this walk long enough to know that I don't have to copy everything that's in the world. 
I don't know if that's why my son Jordan tells me all the time, Mom, you're so weird. I don't know if that's, that may be a good thing. But I realize that I don't, the world doesn't dictate to me how I wear my hair, what clothes I wear, what I choose to watch, what I choose to listen to. I am constantly being renewed in my mind to do things that are pleasing to God because the way that I'm going to fight my battle is to have a close relationship with him. So whatever he tells me to do, I'm secure in doing it because of the relationship that we have. This is, this is how I fight my battle. Amen. Amen. So it's not always music. I realize that my warfare is worship, and my worship is a sacrifice. We have to change the way we think. Just this past week, and the pastor saying, you know, just, just do one meal a day. And even with that, I started struggling and slipped up once and just asking myself, you know, why, why am I struggling? And the thing is that really re keeps resonating with me is when he said, uh, we pray, forgive us of our trespasses. And I, it seems like every day it's always something. I trespass. I went into this direction. I thought this. I did this. And I should not have done it. And I realized that. My relationship with him is based on my obedience to him. Amen. I have to do what he tells me to do. And we can't do it unless the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. That means that we got to open up our eyes and see into the spirit and not realize some things. Sometimes there are some things I think that are not happening with us because we are not, we're not asking God to do it. Maybe we're not asking him, Lord, let me look into the spiritual realm. Let me see the things that you want me to see. Not how I see things in the earthly realm, but how I see things in the spiritual realm. In this particular passage of scripture, this man, because of the relationship he had with God, he asked for this and he got it. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do? The young man cried to Elisha. And Elisha said, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. He was surrounded. Sometimes when we are surrounded with all of the pressures of this life, whether it's your physical, financial, your family, your job, whatever it is, we're surrounded by him because of the relationship that we have with him. We're surrounded. We're surrounded by him. And I realized that every day I get up because of immediately, it's like sometimes it seems as soon as you open your eyes, you think about all of the things that may not be right. But if you could just change your mind to thinking that when I wake up in the morning, I'm surrounded by him because of the relationship that I have with him. Amen. The battle, is I found out, is in my mind. I have to change the way that I think. I realize that there are so many different um, religions where people meditate. You get your Buddhist and you get... Sometimes when we think of meditation, we think of sitting down with your, with your legs crossed and your you know, fingers like this and humming or, or whatever. But the Bible tells us to meditate. He says in Psalms 1... Oh, that the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked 
or stand around with sinners or join with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord who meditate on it day and night. And I remember just going through just a season, y'all, just being really getting defeated in my mind and asking God, I said, God, I know how I'm thinking and just where I am right now is not a place of being with you. I'm not content. I'm not at peace. What is going on with me? Help me to meditate. I need something in my mind. I said, because a double-minded person can't have anything from you. I said, so help me to have singleness of mind. Help me to keep my mind stayed on Jesus. Help me to honestly believe that I hold the thoughts and feelings of Christ in my heart. That let this mind be in Christ Jesus. Let the mind that's in Christ Jesus also be in me. I said, help me to think on things that are pleasant. What is really going on with me? And I don't know how. I can't even remember how this came about, but Numbers 6, 24 through 26 came to me. And it says, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And when I read that, I, and I've read it before, and it sounds like, that's fine. But then I got this book called The Priestly Blessing. And there is like an amplified version to this. And when I began to read this and meditate on this, sorry, it really blessed me to keep my mind and keep getting me out of that place, that heavy place. Hold on just a second. Because I want to share the amplified version with you. Because I don't know about you, but I realize that a lot of the things that Pastor has been talking about, you know, as far as moving and doing the things that God has called us to do, he said, because we're not really experiencing the full manifestations and all of the power that God has for us to, to, um, to do. And, and the thing of it is, I realize that in order for me, for, for God to tell me something as powerful as what he told Abraham, you know, take your son, the one that you love, and sacrifice him. And for Abraham to get right up and go and do what God told him to do, but having the mindset of, I'm not just returning, the son and I are both returning, that comes from a relationship. It comes from a very, very close relationship. And a lot of us have not always had a relationship where we had that perfect fatherly figure in front of us. So sometimes even trusting God and sometimes being in that place of obedience and believing everything that he said that he will do, he'll do. If someone said something one day that visited our church and it was really interesting, he said, you know how we say anything that's too good to be true most of the time is? When you think about the word of God, the promises in it, it's almost like it's too good to be true. But we have to choose to believe it by faith. Amen. And so my thing is, for me to be able to do the things that God wants me to do, not just that he tells me personally, but the things that are in the word of God, I have to have a relationship with him so, knowing that I, that without a shadow of a doubt how much he loves me, that I can do it because of the relationship that I have with him. 
In, our, in Numbers, in 6 and 24, when it says, the Lord bless you, it says that may Jehovah kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly father so he can grant or bestow upon you his promises and gifts. And so this is God every day. When we wake up, regardless of what's going on, no matter how we feel, if we wake up with the mindset of, when I get up, I have this heavenly father that is kneeling down before me with his arms outstretched to me saying, Sophia, no matter what's going on today, I'm here and I can help you to handle it. It gives you more of a reason to want to get up and face your day knowing that you don't have to face it alone. Amen. And when it says, and keep you, and this really, really blessed me, and it caused me to stop a lot of worrying when I really, really began to say this over and over again. It says, to keep you means, may Jehovah Yahweh, your heavenly Father, guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all of your enemies from harming your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all of your possessions. I said, by you keeping me, that means you keep all of my possessions, as well as my body, soul, mind, and spirit, and my loved ones, too. You keep everything. Why should I have to worry about them if you're keeping everything for me? That's a lot for me. I had a testimony, so I give it today. Um, one Monday morning, I had dropped Jordan off at school, and... I don't know what was wrong that day. I mean, I just, it was just, I felt horrible. And so I got up and I took him to school, and I realized I, needed, I had some errands that I needed to run, and I just really wanted to go back home. It, it was just, it was a beautiful day. I said, no, you just got to go and do what you got to do. And so I went to, I was going to Memphis, I went to Sprouts. And I went to Sprouts, and um, I had got all my stuff, and, and I kept swiping my car and swiping my car, and the lady said, she said, you got a chip in there. I said, okay, you're right, you got a chip in there. So she said, it's okay, it's money, it's all right. So I get all my stuff, and I put it in the car, and next I'm going down Poplar. So I'm going down Poplar, and, but, but I realized that when I close my hatch, after put all my things in there, I put the car in reverse, and my mirror was a little distorted. I'm like, hmm, but I had gotten on the phone. And so I didn't much pay attention to it. And so I'm driving down Poplar. When I get out of my car on Poplar, I stopped, I think, Whole Foods, whatever. When I got out of my car, my hatch was up. And so I've been driving down Poplar with my hatch up. And I sat there for a minute. I said, but I don't remember anybody blowing the horn or I don't remember hearing anything. It's like, okay. So, so I <laughs> go around and I look. And I know some stuff, a lot of stuff is missing. So... <laughs> Right, okay. Now, I'm going to tell you something. One thing about me, my faith walk may not be balanced yet, but whenever I lose something, I go back to get it. I could tell y'all some stories. I really, really could. And I think my husband sometimes just kind of looks at me and just kind of shakes his head. I mean, even to going back and getting cash. Whenever I lose something, I go back to get it. So I went back to the store, I went up to the uh, cashier, and I said, um, did anybody bring any bags from the parking lot or anything? <laughs> and she looked at me, she remembered me, she said, no. And so, okay. 
So I walk back outside, and I see this young lady. She said, hey, Miss King. Hey. And I'm telling her what happened. And she goes, oh, my God. She said, Miss King, were you the one in that white car with your cat, with your hat on? <laughs> Riding in front of me, like, yeah, that was me. She said, you had all this stuff falling at your car. <laughs> and she said, my husband and I, we stopped traffic, and we picked up your stuff. She said, all of your stuff is in my car. <laughs> now, mind you, she did not know who this person was. And it just really blessed me that this young couple thought enough of whoever was in front of them to stop and get the other person's things. And she said, so we saw the names on the bags, and she said, we thought, maybe they'll go back to the store where they were to get their things. It was. And so she said, yeah, you had boots and detergent and bags all this stuff coming out of your car. And so the cashier, she's just kind of like looking. She said, look at God. <laughs> and so all of my things were intact. And I had this jug of juice, and the top was broken. The ladies, the cashier said, oh, I'm going to replace that right now. And she said, now this, she said, you need to go home. <laughs> so I get all of my stuff. <laughs> And I put it in my car, and I'm just riding. I'm like, how come some other things aren't that easy? But this is God. He let me know this is me keeping you. Because I have this cousin that tells me all the time. He says, Sophie, I worry about you. Just don't worry about me. I said, I worry about you. He said, because you don't pay attention to your surroundings. You just go out and you just do stuff. I don't have time to be watching myself. I'm not a police officer. I just go where I got to go and... He said, I have angels encamped around about me. I'm just going and doing what I don't have time to be watching. Because, I mean, I finally stopped even going out at night to this particular store that they closed. Yeah. Yeah. Macy's Southland Mall. And so because I just, I just go and do what I got to do, and I just don't worry about things happening to me. Amen. Amen. All right. It says, and the Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Amplified version of this says, May Jehovah, your heavenly Father, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing you to order, so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. I don't know about you, but I need order. Amen. I need him to shine his face on me every day and say, Sophia, this is the way to go. This is where you should go because I need order in my life. We all need order in our lives. Amen. And, but the important thing is he said to give you destiny and to give you purpose. And to be honest, y'all, as when, I would, when I read through this and I try to read through it every day, it's like it hits every single area of your life. Amen. Amen. And then he says to be gracious to you. May Jehovah Yahweh, your heavenly Father, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. We're never alone. Sometimes it seems like we're alone. He says, I'm right there to give you your friendship, to provide for you, to sustain you in everything that you need to give you your friendship. Sometimes we feel so alone. God says, I am right there. I am gracious to you. Amen. And what I love about this is the, the, the author of this went on to say, he said, he looks past your weaknesses and your frailties. 
pledging that he will never leave you and that he will provide you with his love, his fellowship, and his friendship. You are my beloved daughter in whom I am well or my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That is what God is saying to us every single day. Every single day. That's the relationship that he has with us. Amen. And it says, And the Lord lift his countenance upon you. May Jehovah Yahweh, your heavenly Father, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and entire being. When I read this, I, I ask God every day, Help me to really understand the totality of this. Help me to understand that every day you lift up everything that you are towards me. You support me in this way. There are some things I shouldn't be struggling with because if you carry everything, and, and, and the author went on to say, it's kind of like your Heavenly Father lifting you up and carrying you. If you provide this much for me, I need to relax and I need to let and rest so I can receive all of the things that you have for me. I need to rest in you knowing that you are supporting me. Amen? Amen. Amen. And the best part of all is that he says, and to give you peace. He says, may Jehovah Yahweh, your heavenly Father, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, and harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. That's a lot. That's one of those things that's it's almost like it's too good to be true. But he can't lie. The scripture can't be broken. God wants to give us peace. We need peace as his believers, that when we put those shoes of peace on, everywhere we go, people need to know it's something different about her. I don't need to go anywhere depressed, busted, disgusted. I need to walk in the peace that God has provided for me. If what he says is true and he has provided all of this for me, I shouldn't be worried about anything. Absolutely nothing. This is my father. All that Jesus did for me, I am supposed to be receiving and walking in this every single day. And so, this is how I worship. This is how I fight my battle. I can't thank him and praise him and believe he'll do the impossible for me unless I have a relationship with him. I can't do all those supernatural things that Pastor King has been teaching us through this word that we've been studying about unless I have a right relationship with him. Unless I know that he is my father, that all of these things that he says about me and to me are true. Amen? Amen. This is how I fight my battle. I'm surrounded by God. Even though it seems like all this crazy stuff is surrounding me, God is surrounding me. His blessings are surrounding me. Amen. If you'd like to learn more about the repairs of the Breach Ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.org. Want to stay connected to the church updates and news? Text ROTB to 24587. 24587. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.
Thank you.